Alright, holy crap, Dr. Adam Tamborello. I've been trying to get you on the podcast for a while. Yeah, life is like that sometimes. What are you up to? Uh, currently studying for my boards in a couple weeks and doing my gen med rotations. So uh, I spent all day yesterday in an orthopedist's office just seeing patients and helping take care of them. Where are you going to school? Stony Brook. So what do you have to do now before you graduate? Um, just finish up classes. So I have four more rotations that I have to do um, through different doctor's offices. I have to finish up my nutrition class and then take my boards at the end of May. How long have you been in school? Um, for this degree, two years. In total, about eight. Like since high school? Since, been since high school. Uh, six years of PT school, two years of athletic training. That's a lot of time training. Yeah. And you still have, like, interests outside of, you know, school and stuff, right? Yeah. Um, I help coach soccer, so I do private conditioning sessions uh, with kids anywhere U6 to U16. Um, once my boards are out of the way, I'll be studying for my CSCS license. Um, yeah, I've got a couple more things on my list. So with all that stuff, like one of the things I, you know, think that I wanted to talk about was your like level of ambition and Mm -hmm. how you find the time in the day to not just get all that, you know, deep coursework that you're doing done, but also like find the time to, you know, like what are some of your daily habits that help you kind of stay organized and. Um, I mean, I wake up and go to bed pretty much the same time every day. So I'm usually up 5.30-ish. I go to bed, lights off everything at 10. Uh, Usually gives me enough time to rest and recover and be ready for the day. Um, Before I close my eyes, nighttime routine. um, Make sure everything's set up for tomorrow. So clothes are picked out. Uh, Any assignments that I have are done and handed in. Uh, I know what I'm having for breakfast the next day, which is usually the same thing. It's usually egg whites and an apple. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's nothing complicated. Uh, And then I do some journaling before I close my eyes. Yeah. That's what I wanted to talk about was the journaling. Okay. Um, What do you actually journal? Um, So I've been doing this about a year and a half. I think I started as part of like a... New Year's resolution, as much as I hate that kind of term, uh, last year, so start of 2021, and it's basically at the end of the day before I go to sleep, uh, it's usually the last thing I'll do is kind of reflect on the day and then pick three things that either made me smile or made me happy or that I think I was just, I'm grateful for, um, and they don't have to, they're not necessarily always like these profound things um i think one of my uh what i wrote down yesterday i think was just the opportunity to work with patients yesterday um i'm trying to think what else i wrote yeah it was the ability to work with patients the ability to work out so having the the physical capacity to come here and exercise and 
I don't remember what the third thing was. Well, it must have not been something. that good, I guess. Yeah, it was something. It was like mom and dad. Oh, no, it was the Chinese food I had for dinner. All right. You yeah. Know, you got you to gotta stay fed. Yeah. Um, so do you, you never miss that now since you started that? Now it's um, April, so. I missed the f- probably a few days here and there uh, when I first started it just because if I traveled uh, for work, I wouldn't always necessarily bring the notebook I write everything down in with me, um, but I would do my best to either put it on my phone and add to it later or um, kind of catch up that way. But no, I, I definitely have missed some days. So what do you think the benefit is that you've gotten from doing that? Um, it forces me to kind of just reflect on my day and on my life and just try to see the little things. Um, it hasn't happened you know, overnight it's, it's taken a long time and it's certainly something that's gotten easier to kind of pick out three things. And there have definitely been moments during the day where something will happen and I'll immediately put it in my phone because I think it's, you know, a good thing that I should write down later. So I don't know why I'm so loud in here. Oh, maybe it's because I'm hearing myself Mm. looping back through in here um so how do you think that kind of stuff what else do you do as far as like meditation and kind of like self-care that you think helps contribute to because you do a lot like your day is packed from school and and having to work so you're still taking classes you're still having to write papers you still have to go to work and what like eight or ten hours a day kind of thing plus observation hours and all that stuff plus training yeah. And playing sports and stuff, or coaching sports. Mm-hmm. Are you playing anything now? No, no, just just coaching. Uh, I have four or five sessions this week, and then starting next week, I have another three that I'm adding to my schedule on Mondays. And like, you still care about like food, the type of food that you eat, like yeah. how much sleep that you're getting. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, how do you think that doing the journal stuff, and what else do you do that helps you kind of maintain such a high output? Um, with your um, schedule? So my calendar is fairly organized. Um, I do my best to try to keep up to date on that just because I have so much going on. So if that isn't updated and there have been instances where I've forgotten to put stuff in and completely slipped my mind. Um, so I have pretty much all my sessions that I coach in there, my work schedule. Um, I have a Google like Excel sheet with all my assignment due dates that I can check off when those are done. Um, so are these all yeah. just kind of like habits that you've picked up like from school and from just managing the time? I think so. Um, growing up, play, especially playing soccer and trying to balance honor stuff as far as school, um, I kind of learned how to do it when I was in high school. And then when I got to Ithaca during PT, it kind of kicked up a notch um, just because you know my schedule kind of picked up. Um, it was a lot more coursework. It was a lot more studying hours. Um, between Our practice times for soccer were pretty set. And then if I would go to the gym, it would usually be in the morning uh, before our classes. But I think learning that kind of like time management study habit 
um, kind of took shape in PT school, and then I've kind of just added to it as I've gotten older. So, you know, obviously we we work out together, we train mm-hmm. here, and how big of a part do you think like that making sure that you're getting in a certain amount of exercise every week or a certain amount of training um, contributes to your ability to kind of like even maintain that type of schedule, like the demands of school and, and um, the stresses that kind of go with that. Yeah. So I've always tried to work out in some capacity. Um, I haven't played soccer now for ooh, almost eight years. I think I, my last game was like in 2013, 14. Um, but then when I stopped playing, I started working out more. Um, whether that was just in the gym with some of my classmates, uh, I was into ultra running for probably two, three years. Uh, I met a bunch of people doing that. And then now doing CrossFit, it's always been just kind of like my two, one and a half, two hours a day that I can just kind of detox and relax and get all my kind of stress and relief out of. So for anyone who doesn't know, ultra running is classified as what? Anything over 50 miles? Anything over a marathon. Anything over 26.2 miles is classified as ultra running. So there's sort of those landmarks in a runner's life of like run a 5K, run a 10K, run a half marathon, run a full marathon, and then only like the extremely insane decide like I'm going to do 50 or 100 miles. So what was it that attracted you to... A fifty mile what was it? Did you ever do hundred? Uh no. The I the race I've done the longest was a fifty. Yeah. The longest race I've ever been a part of was a fifty. I only made it thirty five and change. Uh, um, and then my legs kinda just said, You're done. No. Yeah. No more. No, We're no. I, I hobbled the last like seven and a half miles. Okay, so what part of even trying to cross a fifty mile finish line attracted you to that? I don't know if I was ever attracted to it. Um, it's always did you know what you were getting yourself into? Yeah, there wasn't like a your friend was like, hey, you want to come out and try this race? No, that's pretty much exactly how it is. Okay. Um, so my friend Melissa <laughs> has been a big part of those kind of like progressive increments of not just running, but like the the obstacle course races I've started doing and just you know some workouts in general. Um, she's been a big inspiration. I was never one. Shout out to Melissa. Yeah, I was, I was never one of those people where I thought running, like I had no desire to ever run a marathon. I still really don't. Um, but she, I had a friend in school who was a track runner. I was interested at the time in doing like Spartan races and the obstacle kind of strength stuff. So she said, will you run a half marathon with me? And I said, only if you do Spartan with me, like thinking she's not going to want to do it. Mm -hmm. She was 110 pounds soaking wet. And she said, yeah. So we started training for that together. She, we didn't necessarily run the half marathon together because she's light years faster than I am, but we did the Spartan together and it was great. And then I met Melissa there. She said, you know, Oh, a group of us are doing Killington in a few months you should come to that didn't necessarily know what that involved in until i kind of looked into it and you know i 
never wanted to say no to anything. So I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go. How bad could it be? Went, started training for Killington, did that, finished, and said, all right, that's, you know, that's the, the limit of so Where for for folks who don't know Killington is like the premier Spartan race event and it takes place in Vermont like usually every September yep. and it has a beast which is uh, a 13 mile or around 13, 13 miles sometimes sometimes they don't really track it very well so you're, you're out there for what you think is going to be 13 miles but it's really like 15 or 16 yep. and you're going up and down the mountains of Killington and like that's their feature basically event of the year like it's like their world championships or do they move it to tahoe uh is it still the world champion no world championships are in tahoe okay so they moved it to tahoe but a couple of years ago killington was like that like holy grail of uh like spart or uh, obstacle course races yeah. that and the um the ultimate mutter like the 24-hour yeah. tough mutter um but uh, so, and then they have the Ultra Beast, which is yep. a double loop. Which, yeah. So it's I haven't done that over. Yet. Yeah, that's like you're talking about a 15 or 16 hour day of just climbing mountains and like but burpees. At the, but at the same, <laughs> yes. But at the same time, I've now done a different obstacle course race called Fit Challenge uh, that I'll be doing again for their last ever obstacle race next april you're you're retiring from obstacle course racing after that i'm um it's their last race oh, so okay. they won't have any more obstacle races um i'm kind of retired now from it but a group of my friends that i've met through obstacle course racing are all going to get together and make it kind of like a big reunion what do you think um like when you have stuff like that on the horizon how mm -hmm. do you think that kind of keeps you more focused in your training uh um, I think it gives you just something to focus on so you know what the end goal is versus like just doing general strength training I guess just to stay in shape mm -hmm. like yes you're gonna indirectly achieve your goal you're gonna you know be healthier through strength training but like there's no set end date and I guess until the day you die right but yeah I think having a set kind of focus so you say i have you know four months to train for this and then after that you know we'll, we'll see what happens right as opposed to like just showing up every day to a gym regardless of that's you know here at coalesce or like a 24-hour fitness or whatever the case is like having some substance to the training because you know on whatever may 5th or something you got to run a, ha a full marathon or something yeah. um and then in particular, I feel like the uh, like the obstacle course races like force you to need to be in better than just running shape because mm -hmm. you have to do things like climb ropes and carry heavy like whatever, like uh, medicine balls or yeah. sto atlases, stones. Um, so it definitely raises the stakes of your training where mm -hmm. just going out and jogging a lot isn't going to kind of cut it anymore. Yeah, the first, I think the hardest training-wise for a race I've ever done was before my first beast, so before the New Jersey beast, uh, my senior year of college. Um, I spent probably the month and a half-ish leading up to that. Every day, I would wake up at like 5, 15 a.m., um, I had the, you know, Spartan workout plan that they send out for the beast and my friend and I would do that. Um, it involved, we didn't necessarily have like the weights and, you know, 
odd object carries that you would do in a Spartan. So we would use a backpack full of textbooks and go up the hill on campus for 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, That'll do it. We, yeah. We would, yeah. <laughs> um, doing It was a lot of like figuring out that kind of stuff. Just like to, what it feels to like it to run and yeah. carry and then, stuff. And then the other was years later when I would uh, was training for Killington for the first time. There was like a hot minute where I thought about getting a job on like <clears throat> like cutting down trees and stuff mm-hmm. just to like get ready for Spartan races. I only considered it for a second, but I thought about it. Like, you know, just yeah. chopping down trees and carrying trunks of uh, or like even just like working on a demo team just to carry heavy stuff around. But then I just picked up a kettlebell and walked with it instead. I went to Home Depot one day with my cousin because he was doing one um, down in, in Georgia where he goes to school. Both of us bought buckets. Yeah, bought a bucket. Bought, rocks. Yep. Uh, bought a bag of sand and carried around my neighborhood for two hours. That the uh, that rock carry where you're, you're filling up your sand bucket or you're filling up a bucket and there's holes punched through the side of it. And if you you carry it all the way up, you have to cover all the daylight in the holes. Mm-hmm carry this bucket up whatever a half mile of mountain and back down and when you get to the bottom one of the judges will check your your bucket if they see daylight you gotta fill it back up and do it again so they actually so they actually (laughs) so they actually changed that so all the buckets now are covered um so you don't you don't even know yeah no they're pre they're pre-filled oh so they can't Um, dump out right oh so that's a little merciful yeah they got soft um, in their old age. That was that was maybe the worst part was trying to like use your forearm to scoop the rocks in because uh, you're just getting shredded yeah. and then you also have to that's use your forearm to about, carry them. That's what I hate about Atlas stones is like they just shred your your forearms up. I've only had one instance at at Killington because my mom was there um, where I was on the Hi, tw- mom. I was on the twister, which is basically a, a vertical monkey bar that rotates so you're going sideways or forward and back and trying to you know do this monkey bar thing got about three quarters of the way there and missed the handle and the length of my palm i lost pretty much all the skin i had on it and then had another you know eight and a half miles through mud and dirt yeah the first time i did killington um the uh the swim was mm-hmm. like right in the middle of so it was like probably six miles in and it was cold yeah and i swam and uh didn't make it you know the climb the rope and try to swing across the bridge and stuff from one little rope to another to ring a bell Fall, i fell in for sure but then you got to swim out and when you get out you have to do 30 burpees and i'm like basically um doing burpees like just shaking and like definitely like pre-hypothermic mm-hmm. and then had to go run another like six or seven miles yeah. and when i finished it like i shook for probably a day and a half probably from like borderline hypothermia yeah i've, I've been there the i've been in that kellington swim it's terrible and i will say that the coldest i have ever been and hopefully ever will be was following their hurricane heat in 
Ithaca. That's when Portland. you run with their with like Joe Decina and so stuff. So that's it. That's yeah, at night. Like, we start. We lined up at probably six forty-five, seven o'clock at night after having ran the sprint in the morning, and we got into my car at around midnight. And this was after you know four or five hours of just team building slash soul crushing torture in the snow in at Greek Peak in Cortland oh. in the middle of March. Don't they do the death race? Yep. In uh like March. Yeah. In um Vermont. That's you know, like I, I've always like kind of you always kinda of think or maybe I just do, like you always kinda of think about like what's that next event that I could do that I can wrap my head around it that would be like a big like big deal like you know having run half marathon marathon and then go like hmm. I've done Killington I think twice and then you start to think about like a death like being cold is not something I'm like into like I, I'm okay with like an ice bath for like a little mm -hmm. while but like if heat is not an option for like 24 hours and they're making you swim and stuff like that's where I kind of draw the line <laughs> yeah I think during it it's obviously very miserable and then the two three days after are just as miserable and then once you have time to recover and look back on it I think that kind of feeling of accomplishment is the reason people do it like that's such a cool feeling like, what do you think that does, though? Like, they definitely, like, you know, how do you think that going through those really difficult kind of challenges adds to your ability to kind of cope with life or, you know, the other challenges that you're pursuing? Yeah. Um, I think, especially through racing, those kind of obstacles are, in a way, self-inflicted. Like, no one's forcing you to be there. You signed up and paid a lot of money to do this. Mm -hmm. Like, you knew kind of hopefully what you were getting into, um, more or less. <laughs> but, you know, it once you're at that point, you have two options. It's either go forward through the obstacles and make your way through it or, you know, stand there and live your life on the mountain or quit or yeah or you just wait till you die yeah out in the middle of the woods alone um, a bear comes mm -hmm. there are bears out there too there are, there it's are not bears. like I've you're like bears. in the middle of the wilderness and like yogi bears and uh, like decided to take the day off like they're wandering around up there you know i didn't yeah. see one any I've, but they I I, they definitely had um people staff like looking for bears i've seen one I've had one bear sighting during a race. Yeah. Like I would, I don't think I would respond well. to it that. it was terrifying. Yeah. But they're not like the go get you kind of bears unless they have no. cubs there. Yeah. They're not like grizzlies. No. And you're kind of out of the way. They recognize that you're hopefully not charging them. Yeah. You're not a threat to them. You're just kind of making your way up the mountain and <laughs> in agony and Ain't nobody here, but us bears. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I think that uh, actually a Spartan racing or obstacle course racing is really what got me into like the functional fitness stuff because I remember I was just a runner and people from that I was working with at Pepsi wanted to do the Rugged Maniac. Mm -hmm. And I kind of knew that 
I needed something more and a friend of mine owned a CrossFit and so I started training there you know starting to do rope climbs and all that kind of stuff and then I fell in love with CrossFit and that really got me deeper into like the functional fitness stuff and all the you know maces and all kinds of swinging stuff yeah I think that kind of like progressive rabbit hole was similar to me so like I never wanted to run a half marathon done that I've had friends then convince me to do a marathon done that I've had friends then convince me to do an ultra because you know what's another 13 miles same thing with obstacle course racing my first spartan was the one and only college series they've done at uh, cornell and that was nowhere close to like an actual spartan race so i did that right like those stadium ones it wasn't i wouldn't even say it was like it was like less than a stadium at the time but well the uh, the stadiums are cool like if you've never done one before Mm -hmm. uh but i think that because i had done so much crossfit by the time i got to that it was like it was like a long CrossFit workout. They, it was cool to do it at Shea because I grew up like as a Mets fan. Mm. But like outside of that, it's like I could have like mimicked that that course in a gym, basically. Yeah, their their college one had like football tosses instead of spear throw. Oh, that sounds and, fun. Yeah, it, it was very. <laughs> it was it was fun. Like I had a great time, but it wasn't necessarily like the the physical challenge that the actual quote spartan races are um but i finished that and said you know i i'll try a a a sprint spartan see what that's like did that and said all right that that was a good challenge i have no real interest in the longer ones like the people that do the longer ones are insane got convinced to do that uh, a super which is eight to ten miles said the same thing about doing a beast then got convinced to do that and then it kind of just progressively kept going that's kind of how i got with the crossfit hero workouts like you do murph and you're like okay that was super hard what else is there Mm -hmm. and then you're like oh and i remember reading a men's health and fitness magazine that said like gaza was like the hardest uh hero workout out there and i was like all right i guess i gotta do that so then i go through like gaza and clovis and um Gallant, like mm-hmm. there's a bunch of these really long, hard uh, CrossFit Hero workouts, and I like to do at least three of them a year. Uh, usually, I like to get in Murph, Gaza, and Cervase. <clears throat> um, but like those are like the same thing, you know. Yeah. You're kind of in and out in like an hour or so, mm-hmm. so it's not like this like major commitment of travel and stuff. And you can kind of do them in a gym without needing all kinds of stuff but they definitely have that same gut check kind of yeah my feeling to them i have a patch and it's probably my favorite expression as far as like doing hard workout stuff or really just anything is um that sounds like a horrible idea what time yeah right the worse it sounds the more apt i am to give it a go mm-hmm. and it, i don't know if it's just like that building self-esteem kind of thing where you're like okay i'm not sure if i could do this but i'm gonna try it anyway and then you do it and you're like okay i did it but there's still that kind of like what's the next thing what's the like always kind of like having a goal on the horizon so the things that like motivate me now are, are different than they did when i was doing spartan races and that kind of stuff but ultimately it's the same type of solution it's just a matter of like what's the next goal what what do I need to be able to do physically, mentally, and emotionally in order to to do to achieve that goal, and then just 
chip away at it a little bit at a time, just like in a hero workout and just like in a Spartan race, you're not going to, you have to go through those things that you got to go through. You got to climb ropes. You got to do those that not Zeus hoist. What's the Hercules hoist? Hercules, yeah. <clears throat> that I was always good at, you know? Yeah. Um, but like just having those things on the, on the horizon and then those little practices that you were talking about earlier, like of, uh, you know, journaling or just, you know, time management stuff. Like if you want to get a lot done and you have these priorities, you have competing commitments that are, are like constantly like drawing for your attention, whether it's relationships, family, work school you still want to take care of yourself and train you still want to go out with your friends and have fun so how do you get all this stuff in um and part of it is like you know prioritizing and just going like okay i know that i want to get this stuff done and if i get this stuff done i know i'm going to feel better about doing all this other stuff that i don't want to do um what do you think is like if you had one one practice that whether it's current or thing, something that you've done in the past that you think would add value or time to, to or quality to people's time, what would that be? Um, I would say try the gratitude journaling that I do. It, it's not anything that takes hopefully that much time out of your day. Um, it usually takes me five minutes, if that. Um, I know I've tried or I've explained it to a few people at our gym that I'm friends with and they all think I'm some sort of serial killer um, because they struggle coming up with three things every day and it's it's not always you know I don't do it every day and just instantly write down three things like it takes me a few minutes to to kind of reflect and and think of stuff and and every day is different um, so it's, it's gonna be something that takes practice you're not gonna be good at it the first day week even month um but i think long term it's kind of changed how my mind looks at each day and you reframe things a little bit differently yeah like um, you make it it's easy to to pick out like all the things that go wrong in a day of course you know i woke up late i got out the door i hit every red light like you know from the moment you wake up some days it's just complicated but then to stop and be able to say okay well what am i grateful for out of all this like i have a car to get into to get stuck in traffic in you know like i have awesome podcasts that i'm listening to including this one if you made it this far into it hopefully you're grateful that we're talking about it you know like i got two turntables and a microphone you know like whatever whatever that that's from Beck, by the way yeah, I, I didn't write that i know i will though i'll write something that'll stick okay. in your head uh so we've been recording for like 30 plus minutes so i think any closing thoughts on gratitude or uh the those micro habits right like mm-hmm. what are those what are those couple habits and like how do you what's a first step uh um i think just get a notebook and write it doesn't even have to be you know the the journal the same kind of journaling that i do it can just be your thoughts on the day you know something that you you think of that you just want to write down just you know focus on writing something and you'll see over time just kind of how your mind reframes itself 
And that's the doctor's orders. All right, Adam, thank you for your time. Thank you for being on Varying the Constant. A coalesced media production. Load with capacity. 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 Load